Welcome to Mad Toast Live, recorded in front of a live audience. We're at the Brink Lounge, 701 East Washington Avenue, right down the hill from the Capitol Building in Madison, Wisconsin. We're your hosts, I'm Mary Gaines, and this is Chris Wagner. Hi, thanks for coming down tonight to Mad Toast Live. We are here for part two of a two-part series here with the Larry Brown Group.
Well, welcome back to set two. Good to be back. <laughs> We're here with Larry, the Larry Brown group. And uh, we failed to mention the first, first set, the first episode, that you can catch uh, the band and the sound here at sonicbids.com slash Larry Brown group. Uh, Did I get that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, or you can go to my website, um, okay. www.lbjmusic.com. Okay. And, uh, yeah, so we didn't say that the first set. We got it now. But you have a CD. Are you working on one? One's coming up? Um, we're going to be going to the studio um, this summer okay. to record um, the album, which will probably be out in the late, maybe December, or maybe okay. going into 2011. Hey, what, could you say that website again? www.lbjlarrybrownjr.music.com. <laughs> okay. Not Lady Bird. Yeah, <laughs> not her. No, probably. We not. get mixed up all the time. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, a quick recap from the first set. Um, introduction: Larry Brown is on guitar. Yeah. Thank you. Alfonso Jones back here on the drums. Stuart Mindeman. On the piano. Yeah. Quentin Coxum on the trumpet. Yeah. And uh, Nick, right? No. Jeff. That's Jeff. Get it. Jeff Pedras on the bass. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. Um, so all yeah. of your, uh, all the tunes you're playing tonight are originals yes. that you have written. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. We'd like to hear well, that. I hope you keep writing. Yeah. Oh, appreciate hearing that. Now, do you guys yeah, all I'm have sure different? Uh, I imagine you all have different organizations too. I mean, different uh, um, ensembles you play with in the Chicago area or elsewhere. Um, sure. Um, yeah. but basically, these guys are probably some of the best musicians yeah. in Chicago. So you can catch them literally any or everywhere. <laughs> okay. Um, I know Stewart has a trio, kind of, sort of, that hasn't played in a while, okay. but. Um, they have played before. <laughs> right, yeah. um, and Alfonso is a um, very busy drummer as well. And Jeff is probably one of the most in-demand bassists in Chicago right now. Okay. And Quentin is leading the, the new charge of trumpet players, young trumpet players in their 20s in Chicago. Yeah. It's like five of them that are killing it. He's one of them. So. What's the best, what's the hip, hippest club there now? I mean, there's the Green Mill's been there forever. Pete Miller's, is that a, I mean... Um, not necessarily. Okay. There's jazz there. Right. Um, what do you play? What's what's your couple best? Where, where I'm down most there. usually found at is the Velvet Lounge. Okay. Um, that's on 67 East Cermak Road. Um, is there a lot of velvet in there? <laughs> Actually, uh, <laughs> I don't think there's. I've never seen velvet in there. <laughs> what? <laughs> I think right. I, that might not be true, though. <laughs> so it's kind yeah. of a misnomer, but it's still a cool name. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a great place, though. And we heard, actually, we, we got, uh, you got in contact with me through, I think, through Will Dellis for it. We had Will on the show right. uh, a few months ago, and he's coming back on the show. But you were on the Freedom Riders album, right? Yes, Just yes. this last year right, with right, Will. Right. Um, you were talking about, uh, before, too, I thought this was an interesting Well, Mary, you wanted to ask about oh. the... Um, what is the Betty Carter Jazz Ahead situation? Um, Betty Carter is uh, probably one of the legendary jazz vocalists um, mm-hmm. of the 20th century. Um, she started a program that actually started in New York 
for young up and coming jazz artists. But when she passed away, Dr. Billy Taylor took it on and took it to Washington, D.C. Um, so it's being held at the Kennedy Center now. And um, it, it harbors some of the great young jazz players in the country. Um, it's actually going on right now. It just started today. Um, we have some friends of ours that are there. Is it um, kind of like a, a jazz camp? Situation with so to, so to speak, not necessarily a camp. What actually yeah. happens is is um, we there's musicians who come from all over the country, and basically um, musicians who compose as well as perform, and we basically prepare for a three three day concert at the Kennedy Center, and um, we basically learn tunes for a mm-hmm. week and a half, and then we perform it. Everybody pretty much gets a composition heard during that two-week period. And it's a great networking opportunity as well. Um, got to meet some outstanding musicians from all across the world, actually. So it's a great, um, great opportunity. Well, you've had the opportunity to, to, uh, to study and play with a lot of interesting folks. I mean, top musicians, Fareed Hawk, Willie Pickens, Ron Carter. I mean, some, some great names in jazz. Not the bass player. The, huh? sa- the educator, the saxophone educator. player, oh, okay. Ron Carter. Okay, yeah. Oh, okay. Because Ron Carter's one of my favorite bass <laughs> Pat Martino and John Schofield, a couple names that really stick out here um, to me as, the, as guitarists go. Um, John Schofield, of course, you know, very popular with Miles Davis. Yes. At least one of those groups. Pat Martino, did you meet Pat? Um, yeah, I met Pat several times. Actually, okay. Jeff um, used to play bass for... Um, Pat for a little period of time, no um, but um, I met Pat as an undergraduate and a graduate, and he's been one of my inspirations, you know, through through my learning process of, of the guitar. What he's able to yeah. do and um, the way he plays is phenomenal. So. Well, yeah. Speaking of learning process, for people who aren't familiar with Pat Martino, he essentially had a car accident and had to relearn, right? Right. Uh, how much do you think he had to relearn? I mean, just to talk about. Connecting with a music that is that is you know as as difficult as jazz. Well, I really I really don't know. Um, I um, my my opinion on it is that you know when you're born to do something, it's hard for it to go away. So I'm, yeah. as we can tell, he didn't lose much. Um, yeah. <laughs> but you know, um, a lot of people feel like his playing playing changed afterwards, and it did um, in some respects. But I still enjoy him as a guitar player and musician. Yeah. Well, to, could you guys address any anyone, you know, all of you, um, for a lot of people that are not you know, like necessarily big jazz listeners, to a lot of people, jazz feels like it's like this really intellectual, very difficult thing to understand or hear on one level. On the other level, it's, you know, you, it makes you want to dance. It makes, you know, and, and if people let go, you can, you can really feel it on a deep level. But you can, but it can sometimes get over intellectualized. I think players do it as well as listeners try to do it. But um, when you start playing as, as young as you have, and, and all of you, I'm sure, um, how much of this is um, becomes so natural and in, in, in inherent in part of you that uh, you can ex- that you express it? And how mu- how hard are you thinking about it while you're playing? I guess that's my main question. <laughs> Anyway, um, I, I rarely think when I play. Yeah. I'm usually thinking about some type of food, or, <laughs> <laughs> or what I have to like, what laundry I have to do. Yeah. 
Because when I think about it, it makes it, it makes it hard. Yeah. You get in your to, own way. You, it's easy to overthink jazz. Yep. Very uh -huh. easy. So I try not to think about it at all. I just try See, to feel it. It's isn't that crazy, though? I think, you know, I think most musicians would say that. And to listeners, it's astounding to hear that, you know, when you hear really complex music, like you all are really improvising and playing off each other and really stretching out, you know, or, or classical players playing very difficult pieces. Ultimately, they're, it's internalized to the degree that it's not difficult for them. Yeah, uh, jazz, you know, is, is once you know your instrument, you know, yeah. You can play your instrument and then learn the language of jazz. Then everything just pretty much flows. And you get out of your own way. It's like it's like talking, basically. Mm -hmm. It's communication with the other band members. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you guys are communicating. Yeah. 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 What was that first tune you played, by the way? That tune um, was entitled "In the Eye of the Beholder." And that's on your website. I noticed that's on the Sonic Bid site. Yes. And get that audio. And, and I failed to also mention the first two songs. Do you remember of episode number one, our, our yes. first set that you played, mm -hmm. your first set? What were those two songs? Those the first are, two. Do you remember? Uh, <laughs> this, this is a quote. Oh, the first yeah. one was um, There Can Only Be One. Okay. Um, the second one was the tune that I, I have a title for, but I really don't like it. So if anybody has some suggestions, <laughs> please write me. Uh, yeah. The name of that one, the one, the second one we did was "You're Gonna Miss Me When I'm Gone." Yeah, I don't, I don't necessarily like it though. So, if anybody's got any suggestions, please feel free. You could name it after a Greek god. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I just thought I'd throw that out right there. Out. Hey. Um, yeah. Apparently, you're an organist as well. <laughs> yes. No. How do you marry uh, guitar with organ? Because the um, not physicality so much, of it is so different. Not so much marrying. Uh, uh, when I I've been playing guitar since I was like five years old. Um, is it more like cheating? N no. Um, <laughs> cheating no, on your it's, guitar. It's, it's, it's very difficult. I was in high school, and I used to play guitar in my church, and. Um, I just took a liking to organ. I was like, man, I want to learn how to play. It just seemed so cool to do. Like, yeah. and you know, um, so there came a point at our church where our organist left. And so I was like, well, maybe I'll, I'll just try to play it. And my church, New Salem in Vince, Illinois, they suffered through it. But after about maybe a year or so, I got really good. Uh, well, I think <laughs> at playing organ, and so um, it was just one of those things that just kind of happened, um, you know. So I just. Do you still do it? Do you still double on it? Yeah, I still, yeah. I still play organ. Yeah, so I noticed some on some recordings too. Right, right, yeah, right. Gospel stuff. Yes. Cool. Yes. Yeah. You guys get another tune or two? Yeah, um, we'll do a standard um, since we've been doing some originals. We'll do um, this tune title. I'll remember April. Even though it's March.
Thank you.
What was that tune? Was that was one of yours? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. What was what's that called? That tune was called Just Been Thinking. Just Been Thinking? Yeah. Uh, we still don't have a name for that other one, by the way. We're going to come uh, up with a list of those. Oh, we got to the summertime. Okay. <laughs> you got some drive time anyway to think Deuteronomy. about that. Deuteronomy. Right. Yeah. Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy. <laughs> you mean the book or the dance? Did sure. you make something up? I have no idea. The Romedy? What's the name? Deuteronomy. Do the Romedy or oh, do the Romedy? Deuteronomy. Dude, O-Rama. Do the Rom. Oh, I, I thought like you made it. I thought that was like a, a Madison dance or something. No, it's just a. Do the Romedy. I like my that. Mouth. Oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> it could be. It, it will be now, maybe. Okay. You know, now that you mentioned it. Um, what do you guys feel like? Kind of a serious question with not so serious answer, maybe. But um, jazz. What's your favorite venue? What's your not like venue, but um, what's your favorite situation to play oh. in? Is, is it like a concert or or more of a dance thing? People are dancing or a private party. Mm. <laughs> I like um, festivals, to be yeah. honest. Um, because there's just so many people out there and just seeing the sea of people that love jazz yeah um, mm-hmm. that um that's my favorite um, i was um this past fall we were in um well we weren't but i was in bogota colombia and um the response to them hearing jazz was almost as if they would never heard it yeah and um it was it was kind of unbelievable um, to see that many people, like we did three encores, which wow. is <laughs> that doesn't just happen in jazz. Like, yeah. You know, no, I mean it's but, not like the songs are three minutes long. Right, right. Yeah. And um, people just generally just fell in love with the music, just seeing it on people's faces. Is um, how were they responding? I mean, were they were they interacting while you were playing, or did they were they just like really paying attention? Um, both. Yeah. Both. They were paying attention, and then um, after each solo was done, they were going berserk. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was Michael Jackson for like five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> five minutes. Well, that's cool. So they, they weren't used to having jazz, but they understood that um, after solos and things, I mean, that it was, it was right. cool to interact. I mean, they do, I point. know they do, um, Bogota does a festival every year. Oh, okay. But mm-hmm. I don't know, but just, I had never seen that type of response. Yeah. So they're, they're knowledgeable. I want to go to Bogota, honey. Me too. Yeah. We'll, we'll book it tomorrow. We're going to take a taxi. Um, so I was thinking, what would the perfect jazz venue be? I was thinking, would it be uh, something like we could have very comfortable, you could really hang out kind of thing, as well as peop- some people would like more formal concerts, seating, and then also an area for dancing. <laughs> would it be that, would, that? that would be that would be the ideal um, since yeah. this music is dance music. Yeah, um, yeah, that would be great. Um, but unfortunately, we've um, we've gone like, away from that in some sense. So um, I don't know. Maybe these guys. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Just wanted to make sure. Um, I think the best venue for jazz is um, wherever the people are most involved and enjoying it the most. Like if it's a room full of 15 people and you're reaching them, that's better than a room full of 3,000 people and they're just like watching you. Yeah. Because yeah. um, I mean, part of jazz is being intellectual, but in anything that you play, you should try to be able, any, anybody that listens to it should be able to feel something. So even though it might be intellectual to one person, you know. I think 
but we try to do that too um, in any song that we play. Even if you have no clue what's going on, you should still be able to kind of groove to it a little bit. Yeah. So uh, wherever the people are most involved, I think is the best venue. Very. I had a really fun conversation with a guitar player friend of mine recently because he came into one of our shows and there was a jazz group and he said, I don't, I don't know, I like Western Swing, but I don't know if I really like this jazz stuff. I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> so, so I had him kind of anthropomorphize all the solos. Mm. So we were making up stories, mm. listening to the solos, you know, visual things. And he started talking, oh yeah, there's this crab going sideways down the beach. <laughs> and he meets up with these other guys. And, and uh, it's, I don't know, for me, um, my approach to playing and to um, this band is that I want to be able to um, play for people. like. I, I, I like music simply for the enjoyment. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, people are always going to, you know, give, give an opinion or try to make something intellectual out of something that actually probably doesn't have anything to do with it. Like, yeah. you know, I wasn't, the last song I played, I wasn't trying to be an intellectual. I was trying to play with some soul, play with some feeling. Um, yep. But somebody 50 years from now might hear that and have a whole 50-page analysis yeah. of... <laughs> Of something that was just a, a, a little bitty moment when I was trying to do something totally opposite. But that's one of the things that have hurt, that has hurt jazz, in my opinion, is that we stopped playing for people. Mm-hmm. We, we started playing for ourselves. I mean, people forget that jazz was the hip hop of <laughs> the 30s mm-hmm. and 40s. Um, right. Um, so um, when it, when it stops, for me, when it stops being about the audience and and that, the actual other people that's playing, like, like my, my approach to playing is for the audience, for the band members, and then for myself. Um, so when it starts being about that, and it starts being about, I, I want to play something that somebody can write something about, that, that, that's not Diminishes how I like it, sort of, yeah. 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 I don't know about these guys. Well, yes, I, yeah, I do know about these guys, but. Yeah. yeah. Jeff's shaking his head back there. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Yeah. Well, we're, we're awful glad to have you guys because, I mean, it's, it's been a gas and we, we're happy to have more, trying to have more and more jazz on this show great, and, great, uh, great. and reach more people great. with it. It's a good thing that you guys are doing. Well, thank you. Thanks. Um, you have a, do you have a couple more originals? We certainly do. Yeah. Um, oh, gosh. Um, before I do an original, um, there's a song I want to get out. Uh, uh, this is actually a, a, a pop tune of one of my favorite vocalists, Mr. Stevie Wonder. Can we do that and then do an original? We can. Unfortunately, it won't be on the podcast. Cause okay. Play. Okay. Well, we we'll play it on the radio, but yeah. not on the you podcast. You do on the radio? Well, no. Don't worry about it. We'll do an original. What, what, do, yeah. what do you guys want to do? <laughs> what original? Oh, um, here we go. Here's a tune. Uh, let's do the Warrior King. Well, <laughs> you caught us by surprise. <laughs> you got us. Um, That's okay. We're going to do a tune. Uh, this tune is called The Warrior King. Um, this, um, I wrote this tune. Um, you know those like Lord of the Ring type movies, and mm-hmm. yeah. this song just I just kind of came up after watching one of them, so they they left it in the back. 
This was on our set list, but be also ready. That's right. Jazz. Mm-hmm. Right, isn't this what it is? Let's try it. Let's try this too. Thank you. 
Cool, it's a podcast. We, we, can, we, we can pull this in. Thank you. 
guys so much for coming thank you for having us Beautiful. outstanding um, Larry Brown of course on the guitar Alfonso Jones on the drums Jeff Pedraz on the bass Stuart Mindeman on the piano Quentin Coxum on the trumpet these guys are all really busy all over the Chicago jazz scene we're really happy to have them here in Madison tonight and uh, special thank oh, you go to www.lbjmusic.com to catch more music and find out more about what they're up to. Um, special thanks tonight to Mr. Andy LaValley from Bear Sound, front of house engineer, podcast producer. Our assistant engineer, Mr. Andrew Eggert. Special thanks to Mark Herod for use of his wonderful piano. Special thanks to the Brink Lounge here, WRT 89.9 FM here in Madison, Wisconsin, of course. And thank you all for coming and listening.